In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. What does cancel mean? Just gonna make another oh account. Oh god. Just gonna resurface as a motivational the- speaker. <laughs> you can still enjoy the present whilst being quite realistic and quite yeah. focused on building your future. This is not the time to live above your means. This is not the time to start going into debt for things yeah. which really do not matter. And this is not your sign to do the whole I'm cutting off everybody yeah. in my life because you might be the toxic contributor in your relationships. And a lot of you actually don't care that justice is done. You just care that your outrage is heard. Mm. Hello and welcome to the To My Sisters podcast. I'm Renee. And I'm Courtney and we are your online sisters and hosts of the To My Sisters podcast. Now we are all about promoting the wellness, growth and development of a community of sisters across the world. And in today's conversation, we are giving you part two of the 10 things you need to leave behind in 2023. Yes, as the new year hurdles towards us Mm -hmm. and you are planning to have a year full of glowing, growing, Mm -hmm. executing your visions and all of that jazz. There are some things you're going to have to leave in 2023 let go of and just allow yourself to be free from so that you can really execute and fly and so last week we shared with you five which you guys really loved (laughs) and this week we are sharing with you another five so are there any housekeeping announcements before we dive straight into the episode i don't think so I think the house is we've kept the house swept to be fair all right cool 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 okay so we have a ding 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 dilemma let's talk about it hello firstly i wanted to say thank you renee and courtney for all your hard work and your kindness you spread i've been struggling to read for years due to my adhd but since finding your podcast last year in my first year of university i was so inspired and my mum bought me the two my sisters book for my birthday so my dilemma shout out momsy this year i have moved into a new flat at university halls with total strangers following fallout with my friends from last year i had been relatively happy doing my own thing and not in a rush to make new friends Mm -hmm. to take my time with it one of my new flatmates let's call her r has never lived with boys before and i was really eager to become friends with her firstly because i knew she may need a sister while she gets used to this change and secondly because of an assault i went through during the weekend i moved in we became friends and i was so happy we would stay up and watch movies in the kitchen go to the Mm. supermarket together i ended up meeting lots of her friends quite quickly but then i got ill i had three serious infections in a short period of time and my antidepressant stopped working i was in the trenches and truthfully still recovering and throughout this time r has been very difficult to deal with she seems to always need something from me and if i tell her i am ill and unable to tend to her to call at the moment she just doesn't understand Mm. usually with people like this i would try to put some distance there but because i live with her if i don't reply to a message she will call me sometimes six or seven times or come knocking on my door when all i want is to be left alone everything sounds like an emergency when she speaks to me Mm. i will get worried and then it turns out to be something small like the guy she likes not texting her back Mm. she doesn't really take no for an answer and i struggle to explain how awful i have been feeling 
with my health as she never seems to believe me. Mm. This has all affected my studies to the point I am having to go part-time on my course and yet I feel like my life is revolving around her and her needs. Yeah. Do you have any advice for a six... Do you have any advice for a sister struggling with friendship boundaries? I love this girl, but I feel like my word isn't enough. Mm. I constantly have to prove why if I want to say no to her. As much as my boundaries have improved, it doesn't seem to be enough anymore. Mm. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah. First of all, sis, thank you for sending in the dilemma. And also shout out to your mom for buying the book for yeah, you. That's man. so, so incredible. And I hope you've been enjoying it so thank far. You, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of bits in there that will hopefully lend itself quite nicely to your dilemma, actually, mm -hmm. in terms of being able to communicate those boundaries and share a little bit more with your friend. I'm also very sorry that you've been ill and yeah. sending lots of love and prayer for a speedy recovery and speedy healing. Also really sad to hear that it's impacted your studies to this extent that you've had to go part-time. No one ever wants to do that or envisages, envisages themselves doing that. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you'll be on the mend, but also have enough time to just rest, recuperate and become the person um, that you really wanted to be when yeah. you set out with this course. And then also I'm super, super sorry to hear about your experience when you first moved in. It's always super crappy um to have to go through something that huge and just really unfortunate especially mm. at the beginning of your experience in university so i'm super sorry and i hope you've been getting help and support to be able to overcome that yeah. otherwise sis in terms of your friendship relationship with this girl as well it sounds like you've been doing a lot of work in terms of trying to articulate your boundaries mm. and also trying to love her at the same time as respecting your own boundaries mm. to me this sounds like it's time for an intervention like a very very serious intervention mm. where you go Look, sis, I have a lot of love for you. I've tried multiple times to, you know, express myself, express my boundaries, express the fact that I'm not feeling too well. And that means that this is going to affect our relationship mm. in these ways. I think that there's a level of firmness, it sounds, that you really need in this intervention. Mm. And I think it really does look like you practically enforcing some of these boundaries as well. Mm -hmm. I know that it's kind of sounds like your friend. I know we've got like the friendship profiles in our book. It kind of does sound like this is the more kind of clingy slash need friend mm -hmm. um which isn't necessarily a bad thing because those kind of characters do have their strengths and be able to cultivate intimacy yeah. however to the extreme of that kind of friendship profile it becomes very very difficult to retain relationships with mm -hmm. them because of the high demand that it places on you yeah. so i think for you it really is about you know be it coming clean being very very transparent and saying sis whilst i you know i love you i'm coming from a place of love this is having an adverse effect on my mental health, my well-being, actually my physical well-being. And I think it is also worth you really bigging up the fact that you are sick. I know yeah. that this has been very much, you feel that this has been diminished quite a bit in some of the interactions you've had with her before. But I think this is the time for you to actually put yourself first and to also, you know, enforce those hard boundaries where it may look like, okay, if she is calling six to seven times, you might have to put her on, you know, DND as in she can't be a favorite or whatever. It may also look like, you know, going to the extreme of having a sign on your door, please do not disturb me at this particular time. Yeah. I really need my space. But I think it is now taking it up a notch in enforcing, but also protecting yourself and your boundaries because it does feel that you have actually acknowledged, you've tried, you've shared. And unfortunately, when that energy is not reciprocated, it means that you have to take it a bit up a mm. notch. Would I say to throw away your relationship completely? Perhaps not just yet. I think, again, try the, the deep intervention it may also be worth if there's any other mediatory figures that you guys may both have in common mm -hmm. to help, you know, with conversations or if there's other people that 
um, are around both of you that she can also get close to because it also seems that there's a lot of pressure on you to show mm. up to her as a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, it may be worth doing that. But I think from my perspective, sis, it's time to put your foot down. You're actually unwell and you need to focus on getting well, especially since this whole situation has had such a bad effect on yourself and your studies. The priority really should be you need to be well. Um, So I think stressing that to her, having that intervention, hopefully she will be responsive in a way that would, you know, be helpful, uh, would be indicative of somebody that you've built a relationship with. That is not always the case. So I think you also do need to be prepared for if things do swing the opposite way and it may, you know, lead to some kind of dispute or it may lead to something negative coming out of that as a result. Either way, I think the priority really should be you, your health, taking care of yourself so that you can show up in not just your relationship with her, but also in the other spheres that you've been called to show up into Mm -hmm. your studies. Um, you know, I don't know what your family relationships are like, but even in those areas, the other people around you that you may also want to, you know, make friends with is very, very important for you to make sure that you prioritize yourself now so that you can show up in those spaces. But do not be afraid of putting the firm foot down. You actually need to. You are mm. unwell. The priority, you need to get well, sis. Yeah. And yeah, the fallout may not be, you know, what you're hoping for it to be. It may but I think the priority, please get well, focus yeah, on that and, and do that intervention and, and focus. Definitely. But yeah, would love to hear what you think. Yeah, thoughts. no, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think you hit the nail on the head. I want to kind of come from maybe her angle because I think that intervention or that conversation is necessary, but maybe f- helping you see her perspective could kind of make the approach more delicate. So mm-hmm. I really, like Renee said, like I really empathize and really hope you start to feel better and I know that when you do get into like a depressive state or in a place where you're like I really just want to be left alone everyone else's advances are very annoying however they're coming from a good place and I'm thinking maybe from her perspective obviously I don't have the context you guys bonded very quickly Mm -hmm. you're in a situation where like you said she's never lived with boys before and so she may feel like this is my sis like this is actually my friend you guys have done the real you know bonding slumber party late night supermarket run kind of thing she's probably thinking this is my sister and as much as it does sound like she is kind of more the needy friend and she kind of does center herself in your intimacy currently as you're perceiving it, it may be that she's just trying to maintain that sense of, it seems like my friend is going through something and I really want to be there for her. And this may just be how I know to show up mm-hmm. to kind mm-hmm. of be unrelenting, unrelenting and quite persistent. Um, And she's probably doing it from quite a good place um and so I think when you go into this conversation don't make it you know about oh my gosh you're so selfish you seem to be making everything about you like why can't you understand that I'm sick or anything this could be how she's actually trying to just create an open door for you to know that she's there for you if you Mm. need her but also she doesn't want to pry into your issues so maybe she's using her issues as the foundation of your conversation so that you know there is an opportunity to engage with each other but it doesn't have to be about you and so I I get how that can easily be perceived as self as selfish but I think there could be a possibility that she's just trying to create room for you guys to talk um, an opportunity for you to not be completely isolated Mm. but I do think it's important to reiterate like like, all right, this is what's going on with me. And when this kind of stuff happens, I just like to be left alone. And mm. if I need you, I will let you know. Um, and also 
I just feel like it's getting a lot for me. And so this is how you can support me in this time. And this is how I'm going to be able to show up for you. Or in this case, not really be able to show up for you in this season of our friendship. And I don't want, you know, unmet expectations or consistent, like you being persistent with me and me being consistently unresponsive to damage our friendship. But right now I need space. Mm -hmm. And I think you're well in your right, of course, to put that as a boundary and put that as an expectation of, I just need my space right now. Um, But also I think, encourage her to kind of I I guess if you do know her other friends like just say oh so and so is going through a lot um I'm currently like not I don't have the capacity for it but can you like support her um give her a ring or whatever in good time I think it will be worth just giving her someone else to kind of go to so that she does feel like she has friends and she hasn't lost like a a huge part of her friendship bubble in you know you you becoming more distant um but yes it's really time for you to kind of rest heal up take all the time that you need um as you said this has affect your um study this has affected your studies in quite an adverse way and so i think it's important for you to really take your time to process that and let people know what's going on with you as well because i can imagine on the other side of things your friends may be a little bit worried about you or your friend in this case may mm-hmm. be a little bit worried about you so just letting her know like this is what's up with me I just appreciate for you to keep me like in thought. Um, you can check in with me from time to time, but it, you know, I prefer it to be through message and just know I may be a bit delayed in my response as well because I'm just going through my own thing. Um, and just make sure that those expectations are clear. But I really wanted to reiterate that because I don't want you to go into the convo. It sounds like you and this person have had a very, very good friendship. And I don't want you to go into it thinking she's doing this from a bad place or because you are finding this very annoying understandably to kind of cause this friendship to to just fall by the wayside or to end in a really bad way I think this conversation is going to need understanding on both parts and for you to just make your expectations and your ability to your level of commitment quite clear um how are you showing up as for her as a friend in this season and right now it looks like this is all that I can give I'll message you once a week or once a month, or maybe I don't want to talk at all because I'm going through my own stuff, but don't put that on her. Um, But you also need to make your healing a big priority, Mm -hmm. a really big priority and all the best for your studies. You will get through um, and hopefully like the sicknesses and you like, as you mentioned, having three infections that has subsided and you've been able to kind of start taking your antidepressants again and things are kind of on the mend, but focus on being on the mend, sis. And hopefully she can be a good part of that journey so we are wishing you all the best thank you so much for sending in your dilemma um and we hope that you do enjoy the book and yeah let us know if there's anything any updates on this anything that we can do to support or to help um but we are sending you all the love and wishing you all the best cool so if you ever want to send in a dilemma to the two my sisters podcast you can send it to dilemmas at two my sisters.com just send us an email with your dilemma in it quick little message yeah, a quick little message. Um, and we'll we'll try and get around to that. Eh? They are building up in the inbox, but we're, we're trying. We're actually <laughs> we're really trying. We're now to a podcast we'd love to recommend. Whether you're just starting out in your career journey or you're in need of a little confidence boost at work, you need to tune into Walk Tall by Carolina Herrera. 
a podcast created by women for women. Two good friends, presenter Makita Oliver and Vogue fashion director Julia Sarjamois talk openly about how they made it to the top of their careers, sharing their learnings, tips and stories along the way. Each episode will tackle the hottest workplace topics to help listeners find the confidence to walk tall. Look for Walk Tall wherever you get your podcasts. We'd highly recommend you listen to it. Um, But into today's episode, sharing five more things that you need to leave behind in 2023. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you guys really liked last week's episode. Yeah. (laughs) I really love that. Yeah, I think it was something to do with the witch part and the health oh, part. Guys, to be guys, fair, guys. we had some good points. Guys, there, guys, you know, guys, 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 guys. I see that many of you have now confessed to being witches. And, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm actually very shocked that we have found common ground in yeah, this sisterhood, yeah, yeah. right? Um, I wish you all the best. Yeah. And honestly, continue to listen to our podcast. Yep. We, we're glad that you enjoy it. Uh, but don't get lines blurred. Yeah, man. We are not witches. We don't yeah, participate so in such. You know, there was a comment I even saw this morning that was like, oh, both of you are, I said who? Both of us are who? Children of God, I think. <laughs> the W word, I said. Ah. Both of us are witches. Where's the proof? Where's the evidence? I guess in our admiration, our alleged admiration of. I don't, um, ad- I don't admire. I rate. Just rate. Yeah. Rate it. I can appreciate. I don't even know if appreciate is y'all are nah um, even if I can I can observe your good principles at least yeah, literally what we said yeah, in the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyways you guys majority of you actually understood where we were coming from <laughs> um, I'm just saying I don't care for people who want to misunderstand there's always the the minute few yeah but into today's episode where we're talking about the five more things that we need to leave behind yeah. one of the things I think we need to leave behind is everybody's making six figures online. Mm, Explain. And by everybody making six figures online, I don't mean, you know, people actually making more money. It is the constant need to validate oneself and one's financial, Mm. not even just financial status, but the constant need to validate oneself Mm. online while simultaneously putting down other people. Mm-hmm. So there's been so many times that folks will make a comment on finances, like, you know, things are getting expensive. We're in a cost of living crisis. You know, folks are going through it and that will ginger people so much to the point of, you know, feeling the need to share more about their alleged financial success, mm-hmm. which is great. It's great that you've been successful, but I don't think that that should be used as an opportunity to rain on other people's parade or invalidate other people's reality. In fact, invalidate the majority of most people's reality, which is things are getting more expensive yeah. and it's getting harder for most people. And it has created this, listen, there's so many pressures online already but it has created this almost sense of shame for a lot of people when they are outside of particular financial buckets for the time being there's nothing wrong with aspiring to six figures Mm. in fact sometimes six figures feels like a very arbitrary number Mm. and we've even gotten to a place where a lot of people online are now saying six figures is not enough to Mm. live a good life Mm -hmm. for some it is for others it's It's not. not and i think we are getting into very dangerous territory where too many people are now looking at very foolish things in order to live a lifestyle that everybody seems to be living online. Mm. But if you were to have a conversation with the average people, again, I don't, it's even funny that I even have to use disclaimers because there's always going to be someone that will come and say, but that's not my reality. Mm. You know, I'm living with my six figure babes or my millionaire mates and whatnot. Mm. 
that's great for you. Mm -hmm. But the reality for most people, it's important to have this nuance because you can become so divorced from other people's reality. You can become so, um, what's the word? Insensitive. It's another word. It's like a desensitized. Yeah. You can become so desensitized from the suffering of other people, especially around finances, but also just in, in general, their reality that, you now use this as an opportunity to mock and ridicule rather than to support and actually, you know, help others. So everybody making six figures online is enough, you know, it's actually enough. We should really be having conversations around how do we support others in making better financial decisions. We should really be creating more communities where people feel comfortable to share. Okay. You know, things are going Mm. to, I don't want to say to hell, but things are getting worse in this community, in this, (laughs) in this society. What are the systemic ways that we want to challenge that? What is the ways within our communities that we can challenge that together? But if everybody is allegedly making six figures, then the problem doesn't even exist in the first place. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. That we need to leave behind. I agree with that. I think it's more so even the delusion around it. And we have a whole episode about how the internet is making us delusional. Um, And I think it's that, not only the flex, it's it's not necessarily even the flex of, oh, I'm actually making six figures. It's the pretense that six figures is suddenly the average amount that people are making. And I think that that's the bit that needs to really die because it's like, guys, let's just touch the ground. Like just touch the real world, touch a brick wall. (laughs) Remind yourself that this is not a fantasy land. We're living in a world. And the average salary is probably just a quarter of that. And I think that when people don't remind themselves of the reality, like you said, they do become desensitized. They do start to think, oh, like six figures, light works. That's a big number. It's a big That's number. a really big number. And I think it's even more challenging when you are talking about like, you're, you are seeing this in echo chambers of very young people. Right. And it completely distorts our expectations of reality right like you'll be 25 crying in bed thinking raw all my friends are ballers i'm unemployed and it's like that's actually very normal you know depending especially depending on what um culture or society or what nation you're living in levels of unemployment are crazy right Right. now levels of poverty are crazy right now we are living in a cost of living crisis and if you are not careful you will feel so 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 pressured to push yourself and think that you're not making enough and you're not doing enough and that you yourself inherently are not enough compared to all these people online who are like I can afford this and I can do that and da 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 you are like you are just at a particular stage in your story number one and number two you're probably living at the average level most people your age or in your community are living at right Mm. and there's nothing to be despised about that there's nothing wrong with wanting more either however don't be pressured into thinking more is just something that you should already have you know you should have already achieved like damn why aren't I on six figures under 30 because most people aren't number one and you may be thinking but why am I most people because you are there has to be a most (laughs) I don't know I don't know what to tell you I don't know what the average is the average for the reason do you get what I mean Um, and I think a lot of us want to like play those odds of being because we see exceptionalism so celebrated so it's completely understandable why our human nature craves to be exceptional because we want the celebration we want the affirmation we want the supposed security Mm -hmm. and adoration that comes with being superb being phenomenal being that one percent but 
it's a 1% for a reason. Mm -hmm. Most of us are not going to achieve it, especially not in the time frame we're thinking. And I think one thing that really helps with that is exposing yourself to people who have more common stories in the sense that, okay, for example, myself, this year I have been probably around more people in their 30s than I ever have been. People in their 30s, people in their early 40s. And it completely shocks me at the age of these people. Mm. Like, oh my God, you seem super young. It's just like, no, they are super young. And we are, we have been conditioned to think, especially when you're in your 20s and you're just around other people in their 20s who are at varying life stages. We have been conditioned to think your 20s is when you have everything together, right? Your 20s is when you reach your apex of income poten- income making potential blah, blah blah but it's like no actually there are people who are buying their first house in their 30s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. their first house in their 40s having their first kids in their 30s and 40s yeah. and that actually is not rare especially yeah. in a society where everything is getting pushed to an older age and an older stage gone are the days where you can buy a house at 23 because houses are no longer five pence they're not like they it just is what money. it is. They cost a lot of money and the amount of money we are making as a society has not progressed as rapidly as the cost of living. Mm-hmm, and so it's mm-hmm. important for you to just remind yourself of the reality and not project your own delusions onto the rest of society who is just mm-hmm. trying to make ends meet. Right. And I hope that you really do the work in 2024 to um unlearn a lot of what you've learned about society's relationship or culture's relationship with money. Because the cultural significance of money has become so inflated with self-esteem and your self-acceptance and whether you should, you know, feel proud enough, you know, if you know, get money, hide your face. As the prophet Davide said, you don't have to hide. You don't have to hide. At the end of the day, people have money and some people don't. And And we need to do a lot more work, not as just like individual people. Oh no, hustle, grind, read all the books, rich, you think I grow rich, uh, rich that poor dad, you just need to read that book. No, I need the government to get better. And this is, this is the thing, right? Like, it's, we've said it before in another podcast episode yeah. it's a distraction yeah and what is also frustrating about this whole everybody makes six figures is it's almost a death to empathy yeah people are now incapable of empathizing with people that are going that are struggling people that are on benefits like how many times do we come across all of these narratives of people that are allegedly lazy because they are not making as much of you or they're not making the six figures or they're not you know at that particular level that you associate with safety security and comfort and you know the things that we associate with people that are doing well in life if you're below that then clearly you're just not worthy of any kind of empathy or love or whatever Mm. and i think it's that extremism that can be facilitated by our delusions that is just so harmful to our relationship building processes, both romantic, platonic and familial. Like how often do people start, you know, getting tense moments as a result of the fact that they believe their family members or people they're dating or folks within their vicinity are just lazy or not really pushing themselves how much are we continuing to contend with this myth of meritocracy when there are real systemic issues that need to be challenged but we're distracted by this idea of you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps to get that six figures some of you are criminals 
to get that six figures. And that's even another issue. There are a whole bunch of people whose lives we are extrapolating onto ours mm-hmm. without the full details. There are some people engaging in criminal activities yeah. to get to that six figures. Yeah. There are some people that are evading tax. Mm-hmm. There are some people that are, you know, doing a whole bunch of things that are flying under the radar because we're so preoccupied with the image of them mm. living their quote unquote best life. Yeah. We don't have that information. We don't have the information on you know what they're doing to achieve the lifestyle that they're projecting online so even as we are you know crafting our vision boards for 2024 really think about if you do have the oversight or the vision Mm -hmm. of the pictures and the images that you are starting to associate your life with Mm -hmm. like are we really getting the full story yes it's nice to aspire to have a certain level of financial security But what other things in life are now being made insecure as a result of this perceived financial security that you want to obtain? Mm -hmm. So guys, please, let's be guided. Don't despise where you're at right now. It's actually okay. And don't, you know, beat yourself up. I think especially as we're coming towards the end of 2023, it's so easy for us to say, oh, I missed the mark here or I'm not earning as much as X, Y, Z or I'm not earning as much as I projected. That's actually okay. Don't despise yourself for that. And whilst you're setting targets, of course, it's great to aspire high and dream big. We definitely encourage it. But don't allow yourself to get swept up and caught up and completely enveloped by this idea that you're not worthy unless you are earning 250k a year it's just not real yeah but also if you are aspiring or you are looking to people as examples because there are loads of people who are making legit six figures i think it's important to think more about the how versus Mm -hmm. just the appearance Mm -hmm. i think a lot of us like we pin things on our vision board because it looks really nice Right. right like oh i want the birkin or and i'm just pulling arbitrary like markers of wealth um i want the birkin i want the nice car i want to be able to like dangle the keys and say i bought the house and duh, duh, duh. but like really investigate as you said how did these people who have built legitimate wealth or legitimate um riches how did they actually get to it right and become more preoccupied and like you know upskilling yourself really if you're starting the business how can you actually create a business model that actually brings in the income that you want like start to really do the groundwork in terms of building your income versus just looking at these really glamorous external materialistic um indicators of quote unquote perceived wealth Mm -hmm. do you get what i mean because like you're saying we don't know the sources of a lot of people's income but there are a lot of people who are like very transparent about i made figures six figures like this i made six figures doing this and i think it's important to set those examples Mm -hmm. for yourself Mm -hmm. as you pursue a goal there's no point looking at people as your marker of um there's no point looking to certain people, certain images as your marker of success if right. you don't know how they got there. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the path that they have walked, it's like setting a destination and you have no idea the roads to take. I think try your best to find goals, especially ones in real life if you can. But if not, online is actually a great place. Mm-hmm. But like find find people who leave a trail behind them, who leave breadcrumbs behind them to be like, follow this path to get there. Um, And I think you'll find your way to being way more fulfilled because oftentimes those images that we can even put together, those vision boards we can put together can Mm. do well in shaming us, right? In like, you're not here yet. You need to, like you're saying, you despise where you are. You despise what you've done or what you have not done. But actually you need to have images which motivate you, images which guide you, not images that shame you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just be careful as you you design those vision boards. Some of the images you're putting on there, you might never get there uh, because you don't know how to. Some so figure out pitches. how to. Some of them have ditches on the way. 
yeah they avoid do. those but i think this is actually a really good um segue into my point which mm. is poor budgeting or simply living outside of your means guys <laughs> can't, can't, can't break your knees. <laughs> we're in an economic crisis like globally global economic crisis um and i think it's important for you to remember that like this is not the time to ball out this is not it's not the time to be maxing out the credit cards and the overdraft especially as christmas approaches as well um economic downturn <laughs> as we've seen is a very real thing it can occur in our lifetime it's happened many times it's okay for your presence to be the present <sighs> I know this is liberating somebody right now as you're listening to the sound of my voice. No, put in, put in effort as well. Like put in effort, but effort doesn't just necessarily mean balling out, right? And I think it's important for us to become very, very real with ourselves as to what it is we can and cannot afford. Right, um, right. Because I think the the way culture has kind of worked and social media has worked these days is it kind of creates smokes, mirrors and just unrealistic expectations around what should be normalized as affordable mm. guys a business class ticket is a luxury yeah but also those things they're expensive like no and that's why i'm saying it's a luxury as in if you're working in the airlines like you're you're a senior executive in these industries and you find yourself coming across this to my sister's episode i want to let you know that i understand that you're going for a lot but what you're doing is not good <laughs> What you're doing is actually not good. And you guys that charge extra for those extra leg room, alleged extra leg room. No, have a great. It is extra leg room though. No, but the extent is serious <laughs> because they'll now come and charge you a good hundred pounds plus yeah. for those extra leg. It's yeah, an yeah. exit row. But that's capitalism. You're charging me. If we get into an emergency, yeah. I'm now becoming the first responder. It's me that's, whoa, I'm opening up the door. Well, you chose to sit there. I've paid, I've now paid a hundred pounds. You chose to sit there. Because I needed the space, girl. I need my, I need my toes to I be mean, able you're, to. You're telling me, I'm six foot tall right there. I completely understand. But what I'm saying, no, but what I'm saying is these things, as much as like these industries, what you're doing is absolutely <laughs> criminal. We as consumers also need to understand that these things are extortionate luxuries, yeah. or these things are luxuries. <laughs> and I think so much work has been un done over time by consumerism, advertising, but also like us responding to that yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. attaching our self-worth to that to suggest that certain things which are actually luxuries should actually be normal. Like, oh yeah, of course you should be flying business class. Of course you should have designer items. And I mean like, for example, if you follow me on Instagram, actually, you will oh, see the, the fiasco of the Bottega bag. <laughs> so guys, there's this gold bag that I had my eye, I've had my eye on for a very, very long time. And there's so many layers to this story, which I'll explain. Mm. I've had my eye on for a very long time. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cute, cute right? The original link that I typed, tapped on um the bag was like a hundred pounds and i was like this bag is very very cute but i know how many times i'm gonna wear it out and this isn't this doesn't it's correlate it doesn't cute. cost per wear is not gonna make sense and so no the, the bag is cute the bag is really is cute to me as in we we've made the same point no no the bag is cute it's it's not about is this bag not worth a hundred pounds it's not worth hundred pounds to me yeah that's because I mean. of my cost per wear not because it, of the look of the bag no 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 as in that's what i mean 
But you said this bag is not cute enough for hundred pounds. No, as in, is it a hundred pounds cute? As in, are you going to be wearing it more? Oh, okay. I get yeah. what you mean. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I was just like, cost per wear is not going to make sense for me. So I need this bag for way cheaper because I really love the look of the bag. Right. So I put it on my Instagram story. I was like, guys, I really want this bag. It's getting too close to Black Friday. Can someone find me this bag for less than how much I'm seeing it for? Because I'm seeing it like a hundred to 60 pounds is the cheapest one I've seen. And it's still not worth 60 pounds to me. Lo and behold. And then people were like sending me links. The girls had my bag they were like oh here's a version for like 40 pounds and that was the one i was getting i was like guys i can't lie to you this bag is still not worth that much to me now bear in mind i have stuff in my like closet which i wear very very often which i know i could invest in but this bag is not an investment for me this bag is like i'm gonna wear it a couple times with a couple outfits in my wardrobe especially as i'm building like a capsule wardrobe but anyways then someone sneaks into my dm like sis this is the jeep the 60 to 100 pound range you're talking about is the jeep this bag is three thousand pounds the original Ah, bag from bottega's three thousand pounds and my shock was (laughs) so i posted that on my story (laughs) and my followers are actually so funny you guys are actually hilarious they were like this is so embarrassing Courtney now you need to buy the 100 pound bag can you just send me the link when you find one cheaper please and I was just like this is so funny on so many levels because number one who is buying this bag for 3,000 pounds I really want to see how the outfits you're putting together and how you can justify buying this bag it's not even a big bag it's not a bag that you can resell I don't think that you're (laughs) buying it for three grand but anyway I'm not pocket watching do what you can if it's in your budget buy the bag but the funny thing was it was kind of like, oh, but Courtney, you can afford this bag. Who told you that? Listen. Who told you that? Listen. Who told you that? You people that you perceive me as wealthy, whilst I receive it in Jesus' Hallelujah. name, amen. Tap into that Priorities. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I think that's the bit that like was making me cackle. And people were cackling with me in my DMs where I was like, even if you got the money, this ain't where you're meant to be spending it, it for me right that that because this is a luxury like to spend three thousand pounds on a bag that bag needs that three thousand pounds needs to be as disposable to me as the 35 pounds i want to spend on this bag at the moment and i think that's the bit we don't think about where it's like oh my gosh i need this this symbol or this marker of wealth because mm-hmm. it's really nice and you like it i'm not saying that you don't want it but it's like those things the bag should be a luxury it should be an added thing it should be something you can easily buy that watch that piece of jewelry should be something you can easily buy unless you've really calculated it as an investment right the majority of people who are buying bags for three thousand pounds three thousand pounds is nothing for them the people who are sitting in business class buying you know tickets for three four five thousand twelve thousand pounds sitting in first class that money is chicken change to them. They're not spending their life savings Mm -hmm. on a flight. Mm -hmm. But there are so many of us that because we think this is the level I should be at, we're actually spending money we really should be putting on our savings, putting towards our future, putting towards assets, emergency funds, Mm -hmm. planning, right? Actually planning to establish ourselves. We're now spending that on arbitrary things, thinking, well, this is what will get me the social acceptance. This is what will give me the perfect branding. When it's like, you're really, you're misprioritizing here Mm. the people who are buying this they can throw the money away you need to cling on to that money like your life depends on it right now especially because of the economic climate do you know what i mean Mm. so that's what i would say like 
This is not the time to live above your means. This is not the time to start going into debt for things which really do not matter. This is not the time to throw away budgeting all in the name of having a good time and, Mm -hmm. you know, YOLO. Hey, you only live once. Your life, that once will be short (laughs) or it will be defined by poverty. If it doesn't happen now, it will happen one day. And I think as young people as well, we need to remember that no matter what, you'll always have to pay the price. Mm -hmm. It may not be today. Some of you are doing Klarna with life. Buy now, pay later. It, it may not be today, but you will eventually have to pay. Numbers always need to add up and realign unless you want to file for bankruptcy. Yeah. And I don't think you want that on your name at this very, very, very young age. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's important for us to remember, look at what's happening around you. The reality of the situation, not the timeline, not the pictures, not celebrity culture, not, you know, the nice designer bags, whatever. Because I did end up finding that bag on AliExpress. If you want the link, just DM me. <laughs> Drop DM, it. DM we'll me. do an affiliate something, something. DM me, okay um but yeah like this is this is not the time to use that to tell you how much you should be spending what you should be using to tell you how much you should be spending is your vision for your future Mm -hmm. how much you currently made how much you currently make how much you actually need to live okay and then the rest of it girl prepares for some rainy days because i really think some showers are coming some real showers are coming i think that's such a great point and again don't don't feel so much pressure to have to purchase things that you don't like. I think sometimes, again, markers of wealth can like be so. If somebody wants to buy it. <laughs> if somebody in faith wants to purchase our goods, someone who bag, can dispose three thousand pounds, go ahead. We would love. But that. also, if you can dispose three thousand pounds, I'm looking to currently add to my house deposit. Screaming. We're also now building like phase two of the school. If Basically, you were, if donate. you have three grad, donate. Basically, you know donate, I mean? donate. But yeah, I there think there's something things. there in terms of having your priorities set for your finances that is really, really important. And I think moving forward as well into 2024, of course, there's always a lot of gusto at the the end of a year, moving into the beginning of the year where you you now have this energy to really think about your finances intentionally and move intentionally with it. I think that maintaining that gusto as you go into the year, throughout the year to the end of the year so that you don't end up like a car that has no gas at the end of the journey is very, very important. I think also there's something to be said around not being not feeling some type of way and going to the extremes of that too Mm. you can still enjoy like things like i think what's really great about the story that you told is at least you found a way to still enjoy something you really like that's one thing i'm gonna do finding a dupe like you don't have to get the most expensive version of the thing you can get something that's a dupe that will bring you as much satisfaction or if it's something that actually means a lot to you it Mm -hmm. might be your one-off investment piece it might be that you know you actually save a a portion of your salary depending on how much you're making to afford the thing that you actually like it is about you know balancing your priorities and making sure that you can still enjoy the present whilst being quite realistic and quite focused on building your future for example i love my coffees i love my iced coffees i actually have a coffee fund Mm -hmm. where you know i will add a little bit it's not every day that i'll get a coffee but i'll add a little bit into that fund to make sure that i can enjoy it or it may be the brunches that you like it may be the travel experiences that you like no one is saying that you shouldn't do it Mm -hmm. we're just saying don't go overboard to the point that you are spending your entire life savings and your life's work on momentary pleasures it is that balance between the moment but also the future so finding interesting cool ways that or you know little hacks that you can actually afford to do the things that you like even thinking about you know you don't have to necessarily spend 
ten thousands on your credits or whatever. Mm. You can even get rewards. There's reward systems and points and stuff that you can do yeah. to make sure that the flights are cheaper. If yeah. you do love the experience of the business class flight, you don't have to go every time. It be could smart. be a one-off thing that you do in the year to treat yourself, yeah. right? So I think it's also that accounting for the pleasures that you enjoy in yeah. life, not just not going overboard because greed will get you into a place and get and you into the a thing. Like it's not greed good. is greed is a very real thing and it will drive you into the it's negative. It it's will not. honestly like greed will rob you. The other thing I wanted to touch on in that as well is just because it's expensive, it doesn't mean it's an investment. Because mm. I think that's a word we're throwing around too frequently yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. A lot of us are like, oh, it's expensive, but I need to invest in something. People are always telling me like, it's worth the investment. Is it actually worth the investment to Does you? Does it generate Have a you return? Have you calculated the return? Like, like I was saying with the bag, cost per wear. For someone, that bag is an investment because they're, I'm not a fashion influencer. If I buy a £3,000 bag, it's not going to guarantee a £3,000 campaign for me. 100% Do you get not. what I mean? However, if I go and spend a lot on skincare, I make content around that stuff. So actually, it could make a return for me. Or in the case of like real life situations yeah. just because you're buying something because it feels good your return may just be that feeling good in the moment after that are you gonna regret spending that money because if you really think about it how many things in your life have you regretted buying let's so, be real let's be real and it's when you're like broke or in a downturn that that's be when like, your regrets oh, will now resurface and you know why you're that. broke because it wasn't an investment <laughs> there <laughs> That is the perfect sign. Thank you, Renee. No it returned no money, which is why now you're thinking, hmm, if I <laughs> if I had saved that money, would I be hungry now? No, stop. Do you know what I mean? Do you know how? No, but you know the bind that kind of thinking puts you Ex in. I'm telling you, it's painful. Oh, I've been there man. several times. You'll be thinking about several the times. lavish meals you had in had, 2018. Oh. <laughs> I don't regret some of those. Things. I don't. Know. Yeah, but I don't regret them because I have the pictures. Yeah, I have the yeah, vlogs. Yeah, yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? That's true. And so I think that's it's true. it all depends. I can't that tell you so what funny. is an investment for you and what is not. Obviously, there are some things which, like, um, universally, like buying a house or buying certain assets, which is like you know what, it's pretty much a sure bet that that's mm -hmm. going to return mm -hmm. an investment. However, for certain things, the investment could be like you said, like maybe for my whole life, I have struggled to spend money on myself. So when I saw yeah. this thing and I liked it, yeah. and I told myself I was going to buy it, even if it doesn't mean things to people, I know what this bag means to me. I know what my first designer item means to me. It, it showed me that I had broken into a new dimension of income. Yeah. It showed me that I had got in my first big girl corporate job i can't put a value on that do you get mm. what i mean what that means to me will mean something very different to you right. however if you are feeling like you're doing something because it feels like oh my gosh everyone else is doing it and everyone's saying you know buying this thing that i usually buy for 20 pounds as an 80 pound thing yep. is an investment maybe it's not an investment for you right so Get acquainted with your own unique goals in 2024, man. Absolutely. Like, not everything is an investment just because it's expensive. Oh, it's not. Don't be stupid. It will here. drive you into debt and then the bailiffs will be out. And let the me door. tell you something about debt. Like, C -C it can be crippling. It can be really, really crippling. Don't do it. You don't sleep well at night when you, so, really when you don't owe the somebody money. Anxiety is crazy. Like, it's not worth it, especially at this young, young age. You like, don't have to. There are some debts which you can take on. We're not scaring exactly. you. Like a mortgage is debt, you know, if we're, we're going to be real. Right, right, However, right. it's de debt that leads to return. Yeah. Some of you are in debt that leads to death. And also not, not every, this, I think 
even in that point, making sure that the investments that you make make sense for you. Exactly. For some of you, you have, you know, you've saved, you want the house, whatever. You might not want to buy the house now. Yeah. You might not even want to buy a house. Yeah. There's other, or for example, a car. You might have, you know, saved your entire... Sorry, sorry a car is not an investment. Unless you need a car to work. <laughs> for it's, some people... It's pure luxury and leisure. For some people, a car is an investment. But the point still stands, and right? Family, for yeah. others what you classify as an investment might actually end up being a liability yeah. and vice versa. Find out what is an investment for you. What kind of life do you actually want to live and what kind of investments or what kind of things do you need? Prioritize those. Yeah, prioritize it. Prioritize it. But especially for our young sisters listening, like, girl, you're probably where you're really meant to be. And it's okay and to it's be all there. Right. It's actually it's okay actually to be there. all right. Listen. Like things will work out. And trust me, you'll get to 30s, 40s, 50s and be like, you know what? I really did make it. And, and I didn't kill myself to do it. Listen. I didn't destroy my name to do yeah. it either. Kept that reputation because so. that reputation is necessary. necessary. Speaking of reputations, or well, number three on the list is we got to leave those toxic relationships <laughs> behind. And this is not your sign to do the whole, I'm cutting off everybody yeah. in my life because you might be the toxic contributor in your relationships. But I think just... A, the glamorization of toxic relationships, especially celebrity relationships. Mm-hmm. I am firmly of the belief that we definitely know entirely too much about each other and we should stop. Um, and just this, again, just the glamorization of toxic relationships mm-hmm. or relationships that are problematic in nature. And not just in, you know, the celebrity sphere. We've seen it in like the reality TV shows as well. I know we've just did and kikied about things like Love is Blind and 90 Day Fiance and all of those really interesting shows. But it it goes to show what sells right now online. Or when we think about, you know, Love Island, it goes to show what sells right now. And as much as we can look at these things as you know, humor, television, the things that we use to escape in our lives, a lot of these things end up impacting our lives indirectly Mm. or directly. There is nothing glamorous about persisting in relationships that are toxic. Mm. There is nothing glamorous about persisting in relationships that are actively bringing you harm or relationships that are abusive. And this is not to say that this is everybody's reality, but in 2024, the vision that I see for women, I need you to be in healthy, thriving relationships, not just romantic but also platonic, right? Healthy relationships. And again, this doesn't necessarily look like cutting off relationships. It looks like striving in the pursuit of relationships Mm -hmm. that are healthy. It means challenging people that are being toxic. It means challenging toxicity within you. Mm -hmm. It means doing deep character work to ensure that you're not a toxic person. It means um, committing to health with your romantic or platonic or familial relationships. But what I need us to do is to really leave that toxicity behind because it's often our relationships that can be the source of the biggest pains that we experience. Mm. And I know I talk about this often, but thinking about Bonnie Ware, if you haven't read the article or her book Mm. on um, the five biggest regrets that people have before Mm. they die, one of them is around relationships, Mm. the kind of relationships that we have, whether it is ensuring that we have strong, healthy relationships with our friends or just ensuring that we actually have a community of people around us where we are actually in good stead and good standing with them. Even the relationship that we have with ourselves can be toxic. Mm. I think um, one of the things that I love that you said at one of um, the events that we went to recently, shout out to Sit Down UK. We had hey, a great time a there. I see and the team, you guys hosted us phenomenally mm-hmm. and it was just great to be around a community of women and men yeah. um, and just having a really great conversation around all things sisterhood 
community, all that kind of good stuff. But challenging your internal voice, has your internal voice been toxic to you? Do you have a healthy relationship with yourself? How often do we, again, get to the end of the year and we are beaten down on ourselves because we haven't, you know, uh, stood up to the standard that we've set for ourselves in the beginning of the year. Mm. We need to prioritize healthy relationships with ourselves. In fact, that might even be the start so that we can have a healthy relationship with other people. And then thinking about what we said in our last um, episode, our relationship with God. Mm. Do you actually have a healthy relationship with your maker? Mm -hmm. I know that obviously that manifests differently for other people, but for us, obviously we're Christians. Do you have a healthy relationship with God? And it may not necessarily be, oh, you know, it's unhealthy in the sense of I hate him and I don't have a relationship at all. But do you actually maintain an open line of conversation with your mm. maker? Are you in touch with your spiritual side? Mm. So taking these relationships that you have, the different spheres of your relationship, it, this is like my biggest challenge for you guys that are in that reflective period, that reflective season, mm. you're thinking about your 2024. Where are your relationships? Yeah. What is the status of your relationships? Yeah. Are you having healthy bonds? Are there ways that you can fix that? Are there ways that you can strive towards having healthier relationships that don't look like cutting people off? Are there ways that you can have healthier relationship with yourself and the way that you speak to yourself? And are there ways that you can have a healthier relationship with your maker and tap into that element of spiritual relationship to you? I completely agree with that. And I think it's also like, what does your maker say about you and who you are? And like you said, challenging that toxic voice, but even back to the toxic relationships part, like really investigate within yourself what part of me is tolerating this and why Mm -hmm. like why am I tolerating something so unhealthy and for a lot of us it is oh no but I really care about that person okay cool let's assess that yes you really care for that person but will it be at the cost of your own sanity Mm -hmm. safety and peace Mm -hmm. why are you willing to sacrifice that for someone else's comfort right Yes, it will be uncomfortable for them to change, but it's uncomfortable for you to stay. So who's bearing the brunt? Who's at a loss here in this relationship? So I think it's important to also question for yourself, like how do I not only put myself first, but also if this is going to be a challenge I undertake, what am I going to get out of it? Because I think the beauty about testing seasons, testing relationships is Mm they produce something really good in you, which is, you know, an essence of patience. And I'm not saying this in an unhealthy way, but like patience, understanding people, Mm -hmm. compassion, all of that stuff. However, those things don't have to be learned at the cost of your life. Yeah, exactly. At the cost of your continual disappointment, Mm -hmm. right? There are some times where you're like, you know what? I know the lesson I need to learn here, but I don't need to learn it here. Wrap it up. This is a dangerous and toxic environment, but I know that, okay, I've recognized these things in myself. Now let me go and get myself in a healthy place so I can learn, right? Don't allow yourself to be tossed to and throw and handled really roughly in 2024. You're delicate, you're sensitive. Things will hurt you, Mm. right? And you shouldn't continue subjecting yourself to pain. Um, especially at the hands of other people yeah yeah it's it's a really it's a really dangerous thing it's a really dangerous thing um and my last point is we need to leave in 2023 cancel culture um well we find ourselves here we we need need to be careful somebody might cancel this is this what i'm saying okay (laughs) now listen Come over here. Listen, listen. Take a seat. You know, I'm a firm believer in what accountability. I love it. I think it's so important. I think we should all be honest and transparent with people when we say, you know what? You did that wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Don't do it Stop again. it. Stop it. Go and seek help. Mm-hmm. Go to jail. I really think it's important for us <laughs> to hold people accountable, especially because we are all human beings and no one deserves to violate other human beings, yeah. abuse other human beings and all of that. When I say get rid of cancel culture, what I mean is this trying to shame people because of a difference of opinion, number yep, one. Yep. Number two, holding people accountable without allowing them room for redemption. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If somebody actually changes... Oftentimes, sorry, oftentimes cancel culture doesn't leave room for somebody to actually change. It limits them to being this one moment, this one action. This is all you'll ever be. This is all you've ever done. And because of that, you do not deserve respect. You do not deserve um, another chance. You do not deserve anything. Go Mm -hmm, away mm -hmm. and die. And I think a lot of us (laughs) do, a lot of people, not us, I've never done it. A lot of people do it. No, it's horrible. A lot of people do it because one, it's virtue signaling. Yeah, exactly. Two, it allows you to be, you know, all high and mighty about your moral compass, right? right? Again, virtue signaling, but also self-righteousness. And a lot of you actually don't care that justice is done. You just care that your outrage is heard Mm -hmm. because you know that if your outrage is heard, then then people think, oh, such a good person. Oh my God, they're outraged. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Aligned. Oh my gosh, what an ally. What a what a great person advocating for change. You're not advocating for change, you're just Gross. loud. Gross. You're just very, very loud. Your voice too loud. Very, very, very loud. And I, I really love people who are loud about injustice, <laughs> right, right? Right. But I think their thing is, okay, what is this going to bring? It needs mm-hmm, to bring mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. systemic change. Mm-hmm. It needs to bring about wider conversation. It's never just about the individual. It's about us as a society. Right. Someone who I love who does this is Kelechi Okafor. Yeah, when yeah, a Kelechi psych yeah. Clacks and call, something is going on. Listen. It's never well. It always is about accountability, right? But it's never just oh my god, this person is just such a bad person. And da, 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 da. it's also as a society, right. we keep getting these wrongs. As a society, we need to change these things. While simultaneously saying this is the perfect example of a complete bad human being who embodies all of the things that are wrong with society. But I think a lot of us try to do the whole cancel culture thing because we're like, "Mm, you did something bad. Let's all just hone in on the bad thing you did. But we're not actually thinking about how does this change society, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And then we see, and I think, we see this most when people jump onto the bandwagon. Yeah. You don't know what this person originally did. You don't know what they said. You don't even know why it's wrong. But because read. everybody hates them, you're now using this as an opportunity to bring out things that you've just always had. You, you've you always hated Ammo this person. Just say you've always hated this person. Ammo you don't like the them. Back. Not necessarily, oh my God, you see, this is why I've never, I've always had a suspicion. You don't have discernment. You're just envious. You're just sad. You're just somebody who cannot... You want to, you just don't want to see people succeed. You don't mm-hmm, want to see mm-hmm, people happy. Mm-hmm. And so, like I'm saying, don't conflate me saying cancel culture needs to be left in 2023 with me seeing, we, saying we don't need to hold people accountable. We do. we do need to hold people accountable. But accountability leaves room for redemption. Mm-hmm. Accountability is going on a journey with somebody or at least observing that they do endeavor to actually change. And a lot of us aren't willing to do that work, right? Mm-hmm. We aren't willing to see people make the change, do the repentance, do the complete turning around and overhauling and sometimes that does require you to be in in obscurity go off the internet whatever but i think what we're doing now is just stoning people yeah it's death by public trial and i think it's it's jungle justice and it doesn't work yeah it doesn't bring about change and it always lacks the nuance that is actually required to hold people accountable anyways 
we're so quick to mm. believe in news that spreads really fast really on the fast. internet. And that's the problem, right? News spreads ridiculously Bad fast news. on the internet. And how loud are folks with their condemnation? But, you know, there have been some cases where people get things very, very wrong and you're very quiet with your mm-hmm. apologies all of a sudden. And then it's a, oh, this was a great opportunity to point at a bigger injustice. Yeah. And it's like, you can't use people as martyrs for your agendas. You can't use people Again, emphasis on the word people because there's a dehumanization process that occurs when people start these witch hunts. You can't just cancel a person. And then there's also that sense of entitlement that people have, especially for those that have large platforms or Mm -hmm. maybe celebrities. And yes, I get it. When you are a celebrity, a public figure or anybody that is scrutinized by the internet, people Mm -hmm. hold you to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. That comes as part of the job. Yeah. However, even as we are seeking to hold these people accountable, rehabilitation needs to be part of that conversation. And also, even in that accountability, public justice, jungle justice, listen, guys, there needs to be process and protocol in doing these kind of things. We can't destroy people's livelihoods over things that have not been confirmed. Mm -hmm. We can't destroy entire livelihoods until we have actually done our due diligence Mm -hmm. as well. And if you haven't done your due diligence, you, you might have ruined people's lives that you know didn't necessarily need that heavy-handed justice or it might have not actually been your place i love what you were saying about virtue signaling a lot of people use jungle justice or online justice as a sign to virtue signal as a sign to say hey i'm better than you and as much as i love that the internet has given us this decentralized platform to be able to share our views there is still a pervasion of this need to be on top of people, this need to be more powerful, this need to say, hey, I can ruin your life in, you know, a click of my fingers or listen, or an old tweet from 2012, Mm -hmm. whichever it is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for us to, again, hold space for that forgiveness, hold space for that rehabilitation. It may take a while. Nobody is saying that you should, you know, forgive this person straight away or that you shouldn't, you know, hold them accountable, Mm -hmm. but you should at least at some point you gotta let it go, you especially it if go. they show changed behavior, especially if they're actually trying yeah. and it's holding space for somebody to try. If you haven't tried, look, we are big believers in the justice system. You must oh, go to jail. Guys. You must, there are some of you. <laughs> Sometimes of I really think, should I find uh, myself in the law system ge- again? Genuinely. Like I could become a police officer. You watch things like Criminal Minds, you watch Law and Order, you watch Suits, all of these things. And I'm just like, you know what? Some of you guys, the accountability actually looks like you going to jail and it, that public, not dogpiling, mm. but the public platforming of what you're doing that is wrong, you need it. Some we of you, you need, need it. You need it. We, we need, need justice. justice. Some of you, jail time. We have already spoken prolifically about certain figures on this podcast that I we think would very justice. much potentially benefit from jail time. I will not speak of their names because <laughs> things are already... Um, the unnameable. The unnameable. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the last few podcasts. You'll know who I'm speaking about. Very. You must crumble. <laughs> and I don't want to bring too many conspiracy theories to this podcast because maybe we'll have like a segment in our podcast where we deal with that, yeah? <laughs> but too many strange things things are happening to those that are holding those that are the richest that in power accountable too many things you know what that's why i think it's actually important to make sure that you have people around you to support you in this accountability part because like i said we don't want to go missing we are in our right frame of mind if anything happens to us like guys just know that it was not of our own volition the point is there are some of you that you don't have changed behavior and you have been running amok. Some of you, you have to be yeah. cancelled. Yeah. But oh. the culture... No, you have to be you imprisoned. Have to, you have to. It, the, the issue is the word cancel. What does cancel achieve for anybody? It's not a shipment. We can't just... Incarcerate. Let's use the language. 
let's use the like ostracized <laughs> defunded <laughs> blackballed <laughs> Let's use the language of old. Some of you cancelled. What does cancelled doing there? Bankrupted. <laughs> <laughs> Let's use words of no, old. Honestly, that is too funny. <laughs> the blackboard is killing. <laughs> what did? What's the older? Banished. <laughs> we need exactly. to go extra. We need to go back to these words that carried exiled. meaning. Do you remember back in the what day does it when they used to, to cancel someone? Oh, when you used to be exiled <laughs> and you'll take your back off your shoulder <laughs> and get, walk into a forest. Get, get, out, of get out of here. Get out of here. Some of you need to go to our oh, evil forest from the There words. we go. We huh. need to bring back these terms, these terms that meant things. What does cancel mean? Just gonna make another <laughs> oh, account. Oh god. Just gonna resurface as a motivational the- speaker. <laughs> some of you, yeah, no, some of you, Let's you know who you real. are. You no, know, some of you must be blackboard. The de- platform, the platform is a good one. <laughs> is the exile banished? banished. <laughs> blackboard. <laughs> Scribble out their name. <laughs> Whew. Our point is extricated. Is it extricated? <laughs> what was it? Um, Extradited. Extradited. <laughs> Sorry, you need, you need to be removed. <laughs> Send them back somewhere. Cancel means nothing. Oh, do you know. What <laughs> Honestly, guys, I'm going to start. How Let's bring we, back words with meaning. No, how did we go from remove cancel culture <laughs> to you need to be extradited? No, because <laughs> I'm saying because. <laughs> Because the essence of cancel culture for me, it achieves nothing. Nothing. Renee, you tell no, me. Do you know how funny that what is? does it mean to cancel someone? <laughs> it's not an appointment. Oh, he's cancelled. You need to we're be not, disappointed. You know what I hear? No, stop it. Is that we're not supporting his work? Listen, he shouldn't be. Com- <laughs> he shouldn't be. No work should come no out. No work. <laughs> Let's say the right thing. No work should come out. So what we're saying is, obviously, not everybody should be painted with the same brush. Yeah. But when the brush has been painted, and if it's a serious crime that have been committed, <laughs> and there is no chance of changed behavior, yes. jail time, oh, there we incarceration, go. extradition, there we go. blackballing, oh, banished into the bankrupted. evil forest, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I long to you know hear? Your is? accounts have been seized. <laughs> <laughs> Your estates have been seized. No, but oh, do you remember? You know what that makes me think of? Do you remember that time that Fifty Cent declared himself bankrupt? <laughs> I think he was and in he a bought court. a smart car. <laughs> I genuinely think funny. no, but I think Fifty Cent sees things that we don't. <laughs> I genuinely think because for you to have been shot nine times, yeah. survived, you are literally one of the people that in the industry that people dislike yeah, with a passion. And yet Fifty Cent. And Did you see standing. him? I'm um, hanging on the wires and doing the like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is not a Fifty yeah, Cent yeah. song that requires that at all. <laughs> Maybe we should leave that. Actually, that's entertained. That's Keep that. That's sweet. Keep that's that funny. for 2024. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this one now, though. Mm. The cringe dating shows. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's funny. You know what? When I think of something like um, Love Island, I feel like it genuinely started out as, oh, this is a great premise for us to be able to create conditions for people to find love. No show But I feel like that. 
I can guarantee no show I ever feel starts like, like that. Well, I feel like the contestants came on <laughs> genuinely believing that they could, you know, Okay, fair off. enough. I think of um, Cameron and Lauren on Love is Blind. Yes, the contestants. Like, do you know yes, what I mean? Yes, the contestants. Yes, yes. Whereas now, I watch the show and I'm just like, you guys needed to go to therapy. You didn't need to come on this show. Yeah. And I think as much as it is great entertainment, it feels like we're all almost watching these meta relationships and as much as we're like oh this could never happen to me in real life Mm. there's just so much let's just say that there's a lot of mirroring in a lot of the situations and relationships that we have seen like these dating shows have almost become microcosmic for what we're dealing with in In the real world now right and it's not that you know people are like it's not just that people are like toxic or you know people need to deal with their daddy or mommy issues or people should disclose that they're in bad credit cough um love is blind (laughs) (laughs) is we're coming for you um but also it's this need to comment on like relationships in general there's this weird meta game playing thing Mm. that's going on in both the online dating world but also offline in real life it's all about scoring points now and i worry what reality tv shows like well not i don't know if it's reality it feels very scripted now but even the more scripted nature of a lot of these dating shows that we're watching i worry and i wonder the effect that it's going to have on us in Mm. five ten years Mm. time where it feels like relationships are now just a site of gameplay and who can make the most points who can virtue signal or grandstand as the better person in the relationship who can you know utilize all of these great therapy words or therapy speech to act as though they are a better person again in this interaction and it doesn't help that there's a lot of people that are now going on these shows for clout there's a whole bunch of people that are like i'm gonna be on you know love island love is blind etc not because i'm interested obviously if i find someone that's nice but how often are we hearing of people you know winning these shows and then within Mm, six months they're they're breaking up. up broken relationships left right and center maybe i'm still old-fashioned in that i really believe in the sentiment of long-standing relationships Mm. that are healthy and hopefully you know lacking in infidelity and Mm. other uh, bits and pieces like that but i wonder what it's doing to our society and our culture where we're constantly gamifying relationships Mm. both as something to watch and consume but also something to participate in Mm. real life like what is the impact that it's going to have on us Right now, we can see that it's negative. But now I'm even scared for the future where it's like, (laughs) I don't know what relationships are going to look like in 10 years. I'm scared of what relationships are going to look like in 10 years time. And I think it speaks to a wider point around, of course, we've spoken about this, consumption. Mm -hmm. What are we consuming? As much as it is all banter and as much as we are trying to, you know, divorce ourselves from the realities that we watch, a lot of this stuff is replicated in our real lives. Mm. It's replicated in mm. our mannerisms. It's replicated in the ways that we, you know, view men. Mm. And if we're, and, and women, if we're constantly bombarded with images of relationships that are negative, that are gamified, that are problematic, eventually we are going to manifest yeah. them in our own spaces. Yeah, sure. So I don't know if I would say ban or regulate. I don't mm. know if it's getting rid of it Fire completely. Further language. Banish. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta banish you guys are with a love is blind banish 
that's funny. <laughs> you know what that makes me think of? Like what? medieval yeah, times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's actually a very funny word. It's actually a very Banish funny is word. a hilarious word. It is. But I completely agree with what you're saying. I think it's not necessarily, I think it's the intention people are going onto these shows with. Right. And inevitably, like it's actually unavoidable at this point that there will be ulterior motives because of, like you said, the gamification of finding love on TV or dating shows. Um, and so I, I think the issue here is more so what can we do now as consumers to right. recognize that this is entertainment? Like, yeah. and I think that's the thing we need to go in with because I really love dating shows. They're funny. I don't really watch many. But when I do, I'm like invested, you know? Yeah. But I think it's, we just need to remember it's the same with reality TV. It's the same with, you know, everything like game shows. <laughs> it's all entertainment Mm -hmm. and the more we tell ourselves that we become less invested and we give less of our heart away into thinking we let it influence us less is basically what i'm saying like as you consume these things just recognize portions of this are scripted Mm -hmm. a lot of it is staged right a lot of it are intentionally carved out narratives right because of that I'm not going to let it influence how I see the real world or how I go about my dating life. The issue with that though is as much as we think we're really strong-willed and we're, you know, all super intelligent and have critical thinking skills, um, we do inevitably become what we consume. So the more you consume these things, the more it will alter the way you see relationships, Mm -hmm. unless you balance it with real life representations of dating and of relationships, like you're saying, like, you know, the healthy relationships that are absent of infidelity, that are highly committed, that are functional. If you do not have that representation in your life, your brain will inevitably default to thinking that these things which you have watched, whether they are reality or not, Mm -hmm. are real life, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why Mm -hmm. a lot of us, you know, we internalize messages. Since we've been born, we've been uh, internalizing messages. We've been learning to navigate life through what we see and what we have been told about how life works and so even if you are telling yourself this is scripted this is entertainment we still all believed in fairy fairy tales at some point in life do you get what i mean and those weren't real and so it's just important to remind yourself that like yes i can be critical but also the more i am exposed Mm. the more likely it is that i will become influenced yeah and my thinking will be shaped by what i see for sure and so be careful. Just remind yourself. It's, it's all entertainment. entertainment value, baby. This is absolutely tangential. Will you be telling your kids lies about like fairy tales, Santa Claus? Absolutely not. I was thinking about the Santa Claus. I will tell you. What? I don't want. I genuinely was thinking about the Santa Claus one because I saw like um, a couple of like TikToks and tweets and stuff about like, oh, you know, my kids believing in Santa Claus. Yeah. I don't want my kids believing in Santa At Claus. all. <laughs> What? I will tell you it's a story, but in terms of presents, yeah, they're coming from your they parents. They are coming from us. That's crazy. Santa Claus. Firstly, Christmas is about Jesus Christ. And the tooth. <laughs> the, you better read your the, Bible. The tooth fairy. You ain't getting money if no, your teeth come out. That's absolutely not. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. Maybe a cheeky one pound for your sorrows. Yeah, just for your sorrows. Not all one pound even by. You know, back in my day, back in my day, we you could buy some all stuff. sorts of three stuff. packets of sweets for one pound. Listen, those Freddos, K A, all sorts. But yeah, nah, no, the my kids are not gonna think Santa Claus is real. But I think with that though, you should teach them not to ruin it for others. Yeah, that's like, the thing. Don't, don't yeah, go don't around going to school and saying yeah, Santa Claus is not real. Don't do that because every other people want to live in that delusion. Santa Claus, the tooth, all these folk tell things. No, I, you will folk. learn about Anansi the Spider. <laughs> we ain't folk. <laughs> Did you say Anansi? You will learn about Anansi the Spider. I love we that are book. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget your heritage. Shout out to all the storytellers and writers, especially those that, you know, write about the diaspora. <laughs> 
all of my child's books be black. Yeah, well, you, black. Black. <laughs> Your favorite kid stories from like various um, countries, please. We need them. Honestly, can't be, I'm going to start telling you Cinderella was a black girl. Be, yeah, 110%. Simple as. We're going to start with Tiana from there New Orleans. There we go. <laughs> We're there we start go. With Tiana from New Orleans. Also, so I watched that film for the first time recently. We've established this so many seasons in the podcast. I, my childhood was not filled with like Disney films. But even Tiana. Tiana, I only watched Lion King in like 2020 or 2019. Yeah. No, I say that to give context. Text, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So I watched Tiana maybe about a month ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot of food. And then, <laughs> jeez. <laughs> I watched that and I thought, is this for children? <laughs> oh my God. And similarly, last week I watched Hercules. Yeah. That is such an adult film. Yeah, the evil be evil in it. But not even just Hercules, it's more so like the the sexual innuendos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, This can't be safe for children. To be fair, there's a lot of like children's things, which I think for actually for adults too, because I think the writers are like, I know you're going to modified horror stories. Have you heard the Hansel and Gretel is a scary tale? Let me tell you about the Brothers Grimm. Do you remember the Brothers Grimm? They're responsible for a whole bunch of fairy tales that were initially like horror stories. Oh, okay, okay. okay so, okay. I oh, what was the name of the the book that we read in like English way back when? But I read their fairy tales. You guys are wicked. Dark, very dark. What you've stuff. done here is wicked. Very it's like Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, very dark stuff. Wicked. Yeah. So, you know what are good stories for children? Yeah, the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> But even the Bible, there. there's some things scary in the Bible, stuff. scary stuff, scary man. stuff. Scary but you stuff. know how they have like kid versions of the Bible. But then that's what they do for fairy tales as well, isn't it? The the kids version. Oh well, there you go. Can't, yeah, just things are dark you know, in life, isn't that's it? That's life. That's crazy. That's life. Nah, you, listen, check out the Brothers Grimm. Yeah, they they got their name for a reason, for man. Real. Defo Grimm. For real. Anyways. Anyway, guys, let <laughs> us know if you want that spin off <laughs> of like us talking about um you know conspiracy theories and shows and things i'll be so ready no guys i'm so ready it'll be really really fun but again it's work and commitment (laughs) and so if you really want to see it support this podcast rate us five stars subscribe to our youtube channel you've all done so well in 2023 you know what we shouldn't leave in 2023 the growing support of two my sisters all right all right continue to support so yeah you already know the drill. Follow us everywhere on social media to join the conversation and join the sisterhood at To My Sisters. Yeah. That's not our handle. At To My Sisterhood. <laughs> at To My Sisterhood on every platform ever. At To My Sisters is an imposter. So please report that. No, because we've actually had, we've gone to that place where people, people are, are impersonating us. Dear no. Instagram, if you would like to give us a verification badge, you should do that. Let's talk to our managers about that, actually. Because yeah, I think yeah, we should yeah, get yeah, that. 110%. We should get At this that. point, we have articles. ATP. We have articles. We have pe- people have written about us. Do you get what I mean? We're published authors, for Think- goodness sake. Oh, heavy on the published authors, <laughs> baby. Heavy. You know what I cannot believe about this year? <coughs> that we went to... Before. Yeah, but also that we went to Buckingham Palace. I know. Crazy. Outrageous. Not us being invited to Buckingham Palace. <laughs> the Queen's house. Well, the, the King's the house. King's house. <laughs> the King's house. <laughs> the Queen in <laughs> 
well on that note you should follow us on our individual platforms the lovely lady to the left of me is at cd barteng and of course come and follow me over at renee kapuki love to see you and make sure you sign up to the mailing list to my sisters.com to be getting weekly glowing and growing tips sent straight to your inbox all right they're basically love letters they're written so wonderful romantic well, platonic so platonic. platonic so platonic well sis we hope you have an amazing week and that you have an amazing 2024 we will see you next week for the next episode Wee. love you loads bye keep glowing and growing oh lol <laughs> <laughs> she said, love you that <laughs>Deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.